What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Frame Skip. This is episode 29. I'm, dude, I haven't hosted in a long time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember how I usually open. That's the case. When I hosted last week, I'm like, all right, I can do this. And then Austin's like, end go. And I'm like, crap. Uh, yeah, well, hey, that was uh, that was one of our hosts, Elijah. <laughs> the ladies' man, Steel. What's up, Elijah? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Nothing too much. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm struggling. Struggling along like a slinky falling down the stairs. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm off tonight. I mean, I did fall down the stairs somewhat recently, so... I feel like that was made out to be such a bigger deal when I was a kid, but, like, people dying falling down the stairs. I've never heard of anyone actually dying falling downstairs. In 2020, I fall downstairs just to feel things, because that's where I am, emotionally. <laughs> and that is the newest cast member of the show, George... Sad Damon boy Pro- Loftus. Damon <laughs> Progress Loftus. Can't, can't, have you, can't have you being sad boy. This show's all about positive vibes and hating on the next generation, apparently. According oh. to, to Rev, one of our oh. one of our friends that watches the show, he roasted me and Austin recently because we had a one-on-one episode, and he was like, is this a video game podcast or what? All you guys talk about is how much you're not looking forward to the next generation. And we were like, <laughs> he's kind of I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, Oh, less than a month now. <laughs> Are you going to do the uh, midnight thing again or what? I mean, if they do a midnight thing, I will. But something tells me they won't be doing it this year. Why? Because pandemic. And uh, so the big thing is normally they would do like the biggest games at like 9 p.m. the night before. And they haven't done that since March. Well, no. If you remember, I mean, I haven't looked at the release dates, but the PS4 games went on sale like a week or two. Didn't they? Like a, no, it was a while. It was like a month before. The actual console came out, I think, wasn't it? I think some were released like a week before. No, no, no. I mean, like, throughout this year, like, normally they would put games out at 9 p.m. instead of midnight. Yeah, I know Like, that's what they started doing. And they haven't done that this entire year, starting, like, the last time was in March. That's not fair, because I would would take advantage of that, because I live in California the past couple years, and that was, like, the one cool thing, was that I could go to the store at 9 p.m. and get my stuff, because you suckers had to wait up till midnight. You guys (laughs) get, you guys already get the worst football schedule the worst sports scheduling oh i needed God, one more thing to just put the salt on you just to really well, really bring America. back the, the left coast yeah oh. now i'm back on the east coast and i'm so tired from football and baseball and basketball <laughs> right and at least now you still have that nine o'clock thing again so george last time we talked to you you were on the west coast yeah and now i i didn't even know you moved to maine I'm sure you said it at one point, but I didn't. I had no idea that you actually did it. Yeah, well, it was hard to find work uh, in the pandemic uh, in San Francisco. And uh, my partner and I just kind of got to the point where we we're like, we're really just paying rent to order food. We can't really take advantage of living in the city. We can't really enjoy California that much. And then the fires came to the Bay Area. And oh, like yeah. before, it was just like, oh, well, we can't go anywhere, but at least we can like go for a walk at night. And then the air became like too dangerous to breathe. So then we're like, oh, well, what if what if we didn't live in like an apocalyptic movie? What if we just lived in a, a Stephen King Stephen movie? King movie? Yeah. So we moved. We moved. So to, either uh, way, you have a chance of dying. Yeah, that's right. We moved to my my childhood house in Maine, where I like went to high school. We moved back into my bedroom, and there's just there's like pictures of John Stewart and Jason Biggs, and I got a poster of Anna Kornikova on the wall. It's like <laughs> it's like 2005 died in my room. And pretty soon your dad's going to walk in, put an arm around you and say, ah, the one that got away. 
I love those movies, man. I love those movies. No, we actually, we did like an American Pie Marathon. I ordered an American Reunion because uh haven't seen that one. I don't know how that one missed. Oh, really? Apparently there's a new one on Netflix. No, we don't. There's only, there's only four American Pie movies. I, I've never seen any of them. Are you kidding me? American Pie 2 is such a banger though. The soundtrack is killer. The premise is awesome. Oh, Saturday oh night, gosh. I played uh, this one like TV and movie trivia game. And the one was like, teen movies i'm like i got this and the first question i'm like i don't i don't know i don't get it my teammates like it's american pie you idiot (laughs) i'm like oh the pie i get it now oh the most problematic of the four films probably the first one yeah i would say they like broadcasted like an underage girl stripping and okay yeah (laughs) yeah it was it's not great. I was gonna say they're all they're all pretty offensive. If you're <laughs> that's why I was gonna say two is great because two is probably the least offensive. <laughs> I'm not saying it's inoffensive, but it's the least <laughs> offensive. That's I mean, dude, I love those movies so much. They they really hit home too. It's like because I watched them as I was growing up, and I'm like, oh wow, these guys are like super old. They're graduating high school. They're you know they're they're going back to reading. And then I watched them like after I graduated high school, and I almost started crying because I'm like, oh my god, it's me now. <laughs> These guys are me. <laughs> oh my god! When when I watched Mall Rats, I'm like, oh god, it's me. <laughs> so like, you just never you never watched any of the American Pie television? No, I've seen part of what is it, American Wedding, but that's it. Arguably the worst one out of the main. I mean, it definitely wasn't good from what I saw. It's I think it's the worst one of the first three. I've never seen the fourth one, but like I I just had my high school ten year reunion like two years ago. <laughs> I mean I didn't go, but like I had it. It existed. I was vice president. I was supposed to do things, but California. Oh, I don't no. know. It was confusing. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. There's a time difference. It's fine. <laughs> um, and so I haven't seen that one. So I'm excited to to check that out as I am now technically older than they were in that movie. <laughs> Wait. Well, no, because they had they had a thirteen year reunion in American Stop Union. The, that's so stupid. Of course they did. <laughs> Because they missed the ten years. They they all- yeah. Wait, yeah. is reunion the fourth one? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like there's one, two, wedding. What's the fourth one? American divorce. <laughs> yeah, American reunion's cool though because they got the whole cast back together again. And American cool. wedding, they only had half of them because they the other two people wanted paid more or something like that, and so that kind of sucked. But dude, I love the American Pie movies. I'll never. I mean, they're probably never gonna be another one, but I'll never. I never talk bad about them except. For the spinoff movies because they're terrible. Yeah, I've always heard they are trash. There's only four American Pie movies. It's a, <laughs> it is, it is decided. Yeah. Yeah. It is decided. All right. Uh, so George, what have you been playing this week? Oh man, I've been playing an eclectic mix of things. Ooh, good word choice. So uh, very quickly, I've only played the first level, and Elijah talked about it a little last week. I listened to that episode. Great episode. I hate both of you for some of your crappy hot takes but besides Whoa, that fantastic fair. episode Whoa. uh star wars squadrons i played the first level of that okay super fun it's still like rogue squadron was like one of my favorite games growing up so I'm, i feel a little like claustrophobic almost playing squadrons just because you're stuck in the cockpit uh but man it's just so pretty like i'm playing on my launch ps4 on like a 1080p tv i had to pack up my beautiful 4k 65 inch in storage unfortunately so i'm back on my Xbox 360, GameCube, PS3 TV from college. Uh, But even on that, it's still, I'm so impressed with how this game looks. And the story seems great so far. First level has you morally deciding if you want to chase down Alderanian uh, refugees and shoot them. And I'm like, wow, this 
I don't know if I want to do Oddly this. topical right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've only played the first level of that, so I, I can't say too much to it, but I'm enjoying it so far. And plus, like, they're big, meaty levels. Like, I, I was a oh, little yeah. worried after, um, like, the, the little mission scenarios in the first Battlefront and the shorter missions where it just seemed like, here's an example of something you do in multiplayer in Battlefront 2. Like, that's kind of what the mission structure felt like to me in Battlefront 2. I was worried it was just going to be a little choppy like that. But these were, like, long missions. Like, the the first level oh, probably yeah. took, like, a half hour. And I was just like, oh, like, you guys are really, yeah. really trying. I really want to play it on my PC with my Oculus. Because that just seems like... I, I played it a little bit. I played a single match on my buddy's computer. And it just seems like the way to play it. Sure. An Oculus and being able to look around yeah. the cockpit and whatnot. But what do you think... I think we talked about it last week of the... Um, the controls and people being upset about how how it plays i think it it's fine like it feels i don't want to say realistic and like elijah was hinting at it last week where like the rebel ships have shields and the empire ships don't but the empire ships have like a stronger material that they're made out of than the rebel ships and so like that comes into like how quickly they can repair i think and so like everything seems sort of balanced in that regard and i like the idea because i'm not very good at this game as of yet just one level in but like i was getting the hang of like oh i need to go faster oh i need more power as i'm trying to take out this turret and like it just seems a little silly to me to like get angry at that like i i I don't want to say like there should be baby controls but like i mean there probably should be just for like casual fans who want that but like i love the idea of just like an intricate yeah, Star Wars yeah. game made like it feels almost like <clears throat> the way like a lot of shooters can be simplified like to Fortnite or you know Call of Duty team deathmatch or whatever this feels like the Rainbow Six Siege equivalent <laughs> where it's like oh, yeah. a first yeah. person sh- or like Counter-Strike or something where there's just like a bit more strategy and 90% of the language is the exact same but it's like that last 10% that really gives you a bevy of control options that you just aren't uh, even a thought in other other series mm-hmm. which i think is really cool yeah when i played it this week i was i was playing it and i was like man this would be so cool to have um a mech was it was it mech warrior that had the giant no uh steel battalion that's steel it. battalion with a giant control setup great save george um where you had like all the switches and whatnot and i'm like man if i had like a vr headset with a steel battalion type like setup that would be so cool. And like cool. an eighth of weed. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in there, man. You're in. Yeah, that, w- that would be super cool. But I, I really didn't get the controversy. I didn't, I didn't get the people's complaints about it. Like I said, I played it this past week and I thought it controlled great and I had, I had a lot of fun playing it. Well, what's the whole like Murphy's Law? Like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. We need to come up with a new yeah. law where it's like anything people can complain about, they will. That's true. Yeah, dude. That's 100% true. So I've been playing that. And then um, I've just been working so much at like the restaurant. It's like I've been bringing, I finally bought like a Vita Slim. I never yeah. had one before. I've only been using like my OG Vita. And unfortunately, I thought that made the trip, but that was accidentally packed into storage. No. So I bought uh, a Vita Slim. It's a really cool aqua blue one. Oh, and, I want um, that one so bad. I've been playing Lego Hobbit on that (laughs) very nice and it's like really nice pre-rendered backgrounds i don't like the overworld but like this just feels like the most unique uh lego game i've played and i don't want to get too far into it it's really just like me like oh i need to chase that high of getting a platinum trophy i totally (laughs) totally understand that yeah so i'm just doing that before bed and like uh when things slow down at the restaurant so 
that's why I haven't been playing very much. <laughs> um, I, I haven't played a Lego game since the Lego incident of 2015, where I was getting super close to the platinum in Lego Harry Potter years five to seven on my Vita. Mm-hmm. Then I came home from work and found out my mom let my nephew play my Vita and he erased my save on the game. Oh, no. And I'm like, no. I guess I'm never playing a Lego game ever again. I got that platinum like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. It doesn't take that long. That is like a good before bed while you're watching something platinum. So here's a fun fact about me. I cannot play Lego games and I I can't do it because the puzzles that are made for children stump me and I get really upset and they're usually like way simpler than I'm making them out to be. And I just can't. I'm 110. The amount of times I've had to Google what to do, and I'm like, yeah. uh, and I'm like, it's not me. This is just really unclear. The cool thing about Hobbit, though, is that it really is just like smash everything, and then the pieces you need will appear, and then you just go up and oh, really? circle. And yeah, this one has like touch controls, which I hate, but they also have like button map controls. But it's actually like a surprisingly pretty game on Vita, and it has like this weird overworld where you're kind of like uh, on like a board game, like it almost looks like a Mario Party. And you mm-hmm. get to like choose paths and there's like different side quests you can do based on how far off the straight and narrow path you go. It's fine. I don't want to get too into it because the cool thing I'm playing, I'm playing a game called Pokemon Gaia, which is oh, yeah. which is a ROM hack of Pokemon Fire Red. I, bought, I bought the cartridge off eBay for a cool $23.99 and I've been playing that at night before I go to bed, before I play my Lego Vita. And um, (laughs) man, it is so cool. So it's like using the guts of Pokemon Fire Red, but it's a completely original story taking place in the Orbitus region, I think is what they're calling it. You're dealing with Professor Redwood. You've got uh, these starters from, I think, Diamond Pearl. Like, is that where Chimchar and Prinplup, like the... uh, the fire, I the fire monkey, and the ice penguin, and all that. That sounds that right. right. Yeah, I haven't played Diamond since college, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, I've been playing that on a Game Boy Advance cartridge, like on my Game Boy Player, and it is awesome because it knows it's not your first Pokemon game, so it doesn't talk to you like you're an eight year old. Which, like, I'm not knocking kids' games. Uh, I think right. I think there have to be kids' games. Like, I think those right. are really important. But it's just nice to not be talked down to in the game. Right. Right. And I've only done the first gym so far. And this game is harder than any other Pokemon game I've played just because the wild Pokemon aren't idiots. Like they don't just do buffs. They actually attack you. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's really cool. And like I've read some about the game and like they included like mega evolutions. They included like a completely original Pokedex scheme. And yeah, that's that's just been a lot of fun so far just because it's so different and it's nice playing something familiar but new. So is it, you said that there's generation four Pokemon in it. Yeah. So how far up do they go as far as like Pokemon in it? Because I'm looking at it right now. As far as I know, this game was made like two years ago or released two years ago. I don't know when the cart was made is the problem. So I assume like the actual file that's circulating might have been updated or modded, but I don't know when the cart was published. So... Um, again, I've only gotten like one gym into it, um, but man, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's really cool and weird. I've heard it's really good. I've never played of um, any of the Pokemon hacked games. There's the famous one where when your Pokemon get KO'd, they die. Yeah. Uh, there's like Pokemon Eclipse, right? Yeah, what's that called? Like a Nuzlocke challenge, right? Where if it dies... <laughs> If it dies in the game, it dies in real life. Yeah. yeah, there's like all kinds of really famous like challenges in Pokemon and like the hacks and whatnot. But I've never heard of this. Which I don't care about because I'm like, I usually play games like this to relax. Um, yeah. This is me trying to desperately make it 1998 again. Um, 
<laughs> when I first played blue and red and all I yeah. had to do was, you know, play blue or red and learn it's how to never, multiply. It's never quite the same, is it? It's just, it's, it's always, it's always going to be a little different. A little 5% yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. So those, those are the three video games I've been playing. Also had a great D and D campaign uh, that I'm in the middle no! of. I want to play D and D campaign so bad, man. Oh, man so been, bad playing with like this group of friends like i had a whole bunch of regulars at the bar where i hosted pub trivia in san francisco and like we thought we were only gonna play it for like three weeks it has been six maybe seven months of us uh, playing this it's been an awesome. absolute blast just meeting every week and like elijah i am just headlong into fantasy football oh, no! yeah, <laughs> and, and it is so brutal because of covid this year where like you actually have to check every single day to make sure your roster is healthy. You have to check to see who's available. Uh, I was not first in the waiver wire claim, so I assume I lost the Chase Claypool lottery that happened this week on the waiver wires. Guaranteedly. I, I think he's their new second wide receiver. Well, yeah, right after. Deontay Johnson's still there. Yeah, man, what happened to James Conner? But it's really cool. I, I like this. I like talking about fantasy football on a video game podcast because it's just it is such like a surreal, where it's like halfway between gambling and like D&D, where like it really is just like, oh, well, they're playing against this defense, so there's got to be a stat buff. You know, like it really yeah. is just like, oh, man, all the cornerbacks are injured for San Francisco. That sucks. I'm going to start three wide receivers from Buffalo because I like their chances, <laughs> you know. I uh, didn't play like A.J. Brown because I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how he's going to be, you know, after being injured. And he's back, but he's going to be good. Oh, the very first pass of the game for the Titans was a touchdown to A.J. Brown. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I read he, he finally came out this week, and like, I if I had started Johnny Smith instead of George Kittle, I would have won my league, like the one I, had, I really care about this week. So yeah. I had to start Eric Ebron over Johnny Smith because I wasn't one hundred percent sure if they were playing. Well, yeah, well, is that? And it's also like, man, they haven't played in like three weeks, or at least like they weren't legally allowed to talk for like three weeks, like in in person yeah. because of like COVID stuff. So it's like, oh, they're going to come out, they're going to be bad because the Bills are they're going to take over the AFC this year. And man, they just dominated. Absolutely dominated. Brutal. I was just yelling at my phone last night, watching the game until 1030. Cause that's when stupid football, stupid ends on the stupid East coast. I beat Mr. Ray Apollo in fantasy because he played the bills defense and they went negative three. So I beat him by one point. I know I lost by four points and I started the bills defense. Cause I was like, well, Derrick Henry hasn't put up all year. I got this son of a beasting. I hate it. God, I lost by four <laughs> points. They got me negative three. Josh Allen threw two picks. And then on the last drive, I'm like, if he throws a touchdown, I will win. And they started their backup because why wouldn't they? They were down 42 to 16 with a minute and a half left. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Also, thanks for screwing me, Josh Allen. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, is football the same way? Like, like the only sport I really follow anymore is MMA. And watching MMA right now is like a surreal experience because there's no fans. Is football like the same way? It's like really weird to watch. It depends on what game because some stadiums allow fans like florida florida allows fans and there's three teams in florida so so like some games they'll be like oh yeah this sounds normal other games all you're hearing is like madden noise pumped in but you can also (laughs) hear the players so like you can hear swear words just explicitly on tv because like that that you just hear the players like i know exactly what play he just called from the quarterback because they're they're piping in fake like crowd noises yeah 
if, if no, dude, that's so awkward. If there is no actual fans in the stadium, they pump in crowd noise at I want to say it's seventy decibels. Yeah, which is wow. like <clears throat> it basically kind of eliminates home field advantage. I feel like the yeah. the biggest disadvantage now is how far a team had to travel to play their opponent. And so, like Seattle, like the Seahawks, like their stadium is super famous for getting incredibly loud. Like I think they hit like a hundred and five decibels. Like I think, yeah, they, wow, it's, it's like them man. or like Arrowhead, like where the the mm-hmm. Chiefs play. And like those are famously loud stadiums, and it's just like. It means nothing this year. Yeah. And so it really is. It comes down to travel. And like, I'm not making excuses. I'm a Patriots fan. I think the Patriots lost because they didn't know they were going to play that day. And they ended up traveling and playing in the same day. No, that's fair. Yeah. And then well, it didn't help that like Cam Newton wasn't there. But like, yeah, like it's so surreal to like, you know, they cut back for like a field goal or something. And if there's anyone there, there's like six people you can see in yep. the stands. It's, they have to be so spread out. That's like this camera, you see like six people. Just... It's completely changed the game in MMA without having fans in the stadium because there's a huge difference now because what it used to be, and it's even thing in boxing. They would have someone train and have the, the same person shout like, like shout commands at them, you know, like, mm. you know, one, two, two, three, you know, the, 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 the call outs. And you have the same person shout it so that you could pick their voice up over the, the crowd. But now with no crowd, each fighter and each team can hear each other shouting things. So it's completely changed everything. And now, like, the, the, the other fighter's team, their coaches will be like, you know, throw a leg kick. And the other, the other guy knows he's going to throw a leg kick now. So it's completely different. I've seen a couple, like, knockout highlights. And, like, MMA just looks so much more illegal when there's no crowd there. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> there's just two guys in a cage, like, beating the crap out of each other. It's yeah. awesome. Unsanctioned, I believe is the word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unsanctioned. With, uh, Elijah, what are you What are you playing? I have traveled back to the year 2005 and six this week. And yeah. I right. played through Fear. Finally, I've been wanting to play that for a long time. And uh, that game was much creepier than I expected. I mean, I knew it was a like horror shooter, but there were moments I jumped. It was it was a good game. Um, the story wasn't completely there. That was my biggest problem is going through this. The, the whole thing you're trying to figure out is like there's this ghost girl named Alma and like you figure that out pretty soon but then by the end you kind of figure out kind of about her but you also don't know exactly why anything of here is happening to the point where i started the first expansion extraction point and it literally picks up during the end of fear so fear ends with you getting on the helicopter and like starting to fly away extraction point starts with you getting on the helicopter starting to fly away and the helicopter crashes (laughs) and i'm like that's awesome (laughs) okay but i didn't learn anything yet and playing through extraction point i still haven't learned anything yet but i mean it's a good game it's fun it is definitely aged playing through it i'm like huh yeah look at that (laughs) there is no, that you could touch that wall. It's nice and slippery. There's no surface on it. It's definitely the graphical fidelity is not the best, but it it plays all right. Super hard too. Uh, I'm playing on the normal difficulty, and I couldn't imagine playing it on harder. You guys had a discussion last week that I absolutely loved, where you're talking about like Aliens Colonial Marines is a 
worse game than Goldeneye, but because it came oh, out yeah. because it came out so much later, it has to technically be infinitely better than Goldeneye. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think that is just such a fascinating philosophical just like conundrum <laughs> that you guys just admire that you wandered into. And I only bring you that up because like I remember seeing the footage for Fear on G4 when I was in high school mm-hmm. being like, that is insane. You're telling me <laughs> a video game can look like that and make yeah. me poop my pants just <laughs> like that. Um, and that, that was like, that was like, still holds true. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. But that was like a sea change, like seeing um, Assassin's Creed, like him going through the crowds and like pushing people to like get out of the way. And uh, Gears of War, like, jump over, get really close, and, like, the chainsaw, like, that attitude, I guess, was, like, what felt next-gen. was just like, oh, man, they're really yep. going for the throat, literally, I guess. Uh, yeah. But, like, just seeing the footage of Fear uh, was just like, oh, my God, you're, te- like, you're- they can do this now? That's insane. Um, and I think that, uh, I, th- I think that has to come up. And, like, I understand it's just, like, some parts didn't hold up, but, like, the f- oh, yeah. what it did has to be mentioned. Because, like, I do think that it is oddly, like, a foundational game of modern shooters. It, it um, is still a very good game. Like, I, I don't want that taken away from it. It's still a really good game. I enjoyed my time with it. I have the entire series. I can't wait to play through the rest of it. But yeah, like, just looking through it, I'm like, ooh, some of the graphic stuff in here is rough. Man, we have advanced in like a year from then also are you playing it on 360 so you can get achievements because there's no trophies i have fear two and three on ps3 back there because oh, they have trophies. those ones have trophies yeah. yep <laughs> same exact thing with the next game i'm going to talk about uh i picked up this whole series to play the first one i played on 360 because i had achievements and two and three i have on ps3 because it has trophies lost planet Ooh. Uh, i've wanted to play that for a while i i played it a little bit back in the day I don't know if it was a demo that I played or what, but because I don't actually remember what I played being in the game I just played. That game has one of the worst final boss fights I have ever done. Like, it, it's not that it was, like, that hard. I was just like, this is boring and bad. And the only way to actually win is to do this one attack over and over and over again, leaving everything else that says, look at all this stuff your mech can do. And none of it means anything. And it literally gives you that mech for that mission. So like, cool. Okay. 99% of what it gives you is nothing. I've always wanted to play Lost Planet, but I picked up the third one years ago and I played the opening and I absolutely hated it. I was, I was like disgusted and I just got rid of it. Also, anybody who plays Lost Planet on the extreme difficulty is a psychopath because it was, it was, it had hard moments throughout the game. But especially that final boss fight, I couldn't picture even doing it on hard. There's no way to dodge the the attacks that are thrown at you. Mm -hmm. Like, all you can really do is just fly around, just be like, God, I hope one of these hits occasionally. And that's kind (laughs) of how you do it, because, like, all of his attacks home in on you, and you can't really block them. Uh, So I couldn't picture doing it on hard. I think I ended with a sliver of health left. Anyone who does it even on extreme is a psychopath. I'm sure of it. Uh, they know how to kill people. Sorry, is that all, or do you have more? Yeah, no, that that's really it. Uh, I started up Bloodborne again, going for the platinum. Woo. Game's still hard. I beat Rom tonight on my first try playing the game in like a couple years, so I felt really successful there. But that's about it for me. Yeah, you talking about Fear made me look into it because I realized I I never actually played Fear, so I, I looked into it on Steam. The game is still like fourteen dollars for the second one. <laughs> 
And I'm like, I can't, I can't play $14 for Fear 2, man. I just can't. I refuse to do it. There was one game I was looking at on PS3, like, on the storefront, and it was still, like, $59.99. And I'm like, this game came out in, like, 2007. Dude, every Vita game is like that, where I'm like, come on. You guys, like, already murdered your own system. Like, can you just, like, cut the people who did buy it like some friggin slack and like yeah just like drop it a little bit man i'm not asking for a lot here just ask them like why would i pay 29.99 for need for speed like why why would you yeah. why would you want me to do that but like I'm, I'm noticing this a lot with digital games is that like people think that you get crazy deals on steam and sometimes you do to be fair especially like during their sales and whatnot but i wanted to play D so bad this past week that I looked at Baldur's Gate 3. And I was like, man, I don't, I really don't want to play that in early access. When that comes out, I want to play like the final finished product just to give it like the most respect possible. So I was like, man, well, maybe I'll just play Divinity Original Sin 2 because I heard that's amazing. I looked it up on Steam. The first one is still $40 and the second one is $45. I'm like, God, this came out like forever ago. Can we just like not... Can we drop the price a little bit? You know, maybe mm-hmm. 20 bucks, 30 bucks. They go on cool. sale pretty regularly on PS4. And aren't they in Game Pass? Like, isn't one of them in Game Pass? Nope, it's not on Game Pass on PC. All right, so I'm only God. a half liar so far at the very least. I good. live to be taunted by this Game Pass situation. <laughs> well, because people were calling me out because I because me and Austin had a conversation about Game Pass where I'm like, yeah, people people are claiming it's incredible and... I, I opened Game Pass and I went through the games. I'm like, yeah, there's some serious bangers on Game Pass, but a lot of them are like shovelware, filler games. I can and then, confirm it's not even on Game Pass for console. All right. Well, guys, it was fun. I think we had a good like 32 <laughs> minutes with me. I'm, uh, I'm going to show myself out. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the but <laughs> But I, I went through Game Pass and I was looking. I was like going through like a couple big games. And then someone commented and the, they, they went through like all the games that were on Xbox One's Game Pass. I'm like, oh. It's not even the same Game Pass. There is completely different Game Passes for PC and Xbox. And now I look like, like an idiot. So. Speaking of Ray Apollo, actually, I know he loves those games. Like, he is way, Divinity? way into those. Yes. And yeah, he loves them. Super Maybe I'll hit Ray up and see if he wants to play Divinity. Also, congrats to him. Didn't he just get uh, get a job at Twitch? Yes, he did. Man, did okay. he? Go Ray. Yeah, uh, community manager, I want to say. Wow. Good for Ray. That's awesome. I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe. Can you still take donations and whatnot if you're an actual employee at twitch that's a great question i know he's switching to night streams but i haven't looked into hmm. his own personal finances i'm, I'm not a yeah. cpa anymore so i can't say yeah that that, that would be I'll, I'll talk to him about that i'll have to congratulate him i want to i want to see if maybe he wants to play divinity because i i've played divinity and i like divinity um but i have it on ps4 and i'm just i'm, I'm over playing divinity on ps4 i don't i've only played the opening but I want to play it with people, and I want to play it on PC because I feel like that's the place to play these, you know, D and D lights esque. Yeah. yeah. Which one's the turn based one, and which one's the uh, the more action one? Well, Divinity Original Sin is turn based, and okay. Baldur's Gate is yeah. more action based. Okay. But they they made Baldur's Gate um, a little more turn based. It's just a lot faster than Divinity. Divinity sure. Divinity Original Sin is more like the combat speed of actual D and D where it goes very slow and sometimes combat takes like an entire session. Oh, there's the other one. Sorry. I think what I was thinking of pillars of eternity, I think that one might be on game pass because oh. that one is, oh. because that one was uh what's their, what's their face? Obsidian pillars of eternity 
is on console and PC. Okay, sorry. I didn't lie. I was just dumb and it could always confuse those two games. I know one is turn-based and one is action-based. Now I'm confused because Pillars of Eternity Complete Edition is on console. Hero Edition is on PC. Is it the same thing? Well, here's something even even more weird, Elijah. Pillars of Eternity, the first one, is 40 bucks on Steam. Pillars of Eternity 2, which is the Obsidian Edition, is $24 on Steam. Figure it out, Microsoft. God. <laughs> I don't know what's what's going on here, man. I want I just want to play some DD. That's all I want <laughs> in my life right now. Like I just need some some community turn-based action. So I just listened to an old kind of funny podcast from like February, and they talked about a DD session I would do in a heartbeat. DD set in the Fast and the Furious universe. No. I would oh, I would so do that. Oh, I would do that. Oh, oh. What are right. your... I rolled an 18. I get plus three for initiative. So with my first action, I would like to uh, turn to the person to my left and politely ask them, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? <laughs> oh, no, I'm stuck in my head now. Oh, they're rolling I rolled to... a nat 20. Oh, they're rolling to disengage? Weird. All right. <laughs> I rolled a nat 20. Uh, I guess I'm launching this car out of the back of an airplane. <laughs> I, I rolled a one. My car rolls over. <laughs> that's not even extreme enough for Fast and Furious. That's like that's like a five. Yeah, True. My car, my I, car I rolled a one into the side of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> my car rolled off a cliff and into a volcano again. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, dude. All right. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll jump into what I've been playing this week. I I haven't been playing a whole lot. I'm still in Final Fantasy 14. The new patch came out yesterday. Nerd. So I'm I'm chasing. Hey, man, <clears throat> sorry. Now I got a tickle in my throat. I apologize. No, you you need to play it before you say it because it's it it's the greatest MMO of all time, and I'm I'm launching it down right now. I hear on top of being the greatest MMO of all time, it's also like one of the best Final Fantasy games of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, it it's insane how good that game is. It's ridiculous because it plays like a regular Final Fantasy 14 game until you need to party with people, and then the 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 the, the MMO aspect is just so good on top of that. Um, but you got to slog through the first expansion, which was, is is not great. Well, technically, it's the base game now. It's it's a it's it's a, it's a sticky situation. Have you played Final Fantasy fourteen, George? Oh God, no, no. I've, I've, like, I've, oh, I don't <laughs> play that nerd crap. No, I think I think when we talked last, like in July, I think um, I've been trying to play more Final Fantasy games. Uh, like the only one I've ever played all the way through was five, and I really enjoy five. Five is a good one. Uh, but oh, then I, I think st- you remember us having this conversation. I started eight. And 10 at the same time. And I'm like in love with 10. I also mm-hmm. left 10 in my Vita, which accidentally got packed up. So, so, I, he, so I have the PS4 version where I'm like, please, cloud save, please. Like, let me be able to download this. Um, and so I'm still tr- like trudging through eight very slowly. Honestly, when I'm really hungover or maybe a little... I don't know. Like I've smoked plants that day. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what we can say on this podcast. Fern. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the, the weed thing goes. I yeah, if, if there's a small often. fire in a small contained porcelain container um, that I the accidentally toilet. inhale, um, then I'll just like grind in that game. Um, in eight. Yeah. Stop. Stop grinding in eight. Stop. Gr- yes. Stop grinding. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's why. That's why eight is like a sin in RPGs. That's they, why I they, hate eight. Uh, don't they like scale with you? The enemies scale with you. Oh, yeah. really it makes, it makes the it that's, makes the game actually harder if you grind. Oh, that's so stupid. I'm such a yeah. Idiot. So, 
The story, <laughs> the story is so cool, though. You're, it's like, oh, you're United Nations warriors appointed to protect the world, and it's it's like halfway between like Gundam Wing and Power Rangers. Uh, it's it's such yeah, a, it but it's like set, <sighs> but it's like set in 1890s version of 2030, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. oh, this is such a weird thing. All right, sorry, Final Fantasy, but yes, I will check out Final Fantasy 14 someday. And, maybe and. 14 is now free trial up to level 60 and through the first expansion which is like 500 hours it's yeah i mean oh, that's you're, right. you're, yeah that's it, there's a lot of content they're giving people for free which is insane but and you say I think, it gets good after that right no 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 it gets good way, way before that okay. but yeah. you have to get through the base game gotcha. which is what they just shortened in the, with the last patch the thing is is that i think it's a genius strategy because they're getting people hooked with the free version and then they're putting like 300 hours to through to heaven's word up at, uh, almost until the next expansion and then once you're that deep in like you're in you almost have no choice but, sure. to, but yeah. to pay for it you know so i feel like they're 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 really hooking people uh, in, a, in a smart way plus it, it's good it's for both parties because you're getting a lot of free content as well they're really playing um, with addiction um yeah <laughs> just human weakness in general it's, yeah <laughs> it's like Wow, you guys, did you just put 300 hours into our game? Well, now you can start giving us some money, you know? <laughs> or you can stop. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, good. Have fun. And then what else have I been playing? I played a little more of Nier Automata. I'm still struggling through the, the second playthrough, which just, is Elijah. Just, just buy your trophies, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll just buy my trophies. <laughs> okay, you can't, you can't buy story-based trophies. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But I have been doing a lot of other stuff this week besides gaming. Um, I finished my big giant Gundam project. Which is like the, you can see the remnants of of the second gun I'm building now behind. Yeah, I heard me. you. I heard you talk about that. What, what, which kit is it? Which which it was mobile suit? The Sinanju Stein. Um, oh, okay, like the Master Grade. Oh, oh, whoa, that's super yeah. cool. The one from Unicorn, awesome. Oh, the Stein, the white one. Okay, so yeah, oh, that I think nice. that's narrative Gundam narrative. Yeah, this is the gun. This is the narrative version. Okay. Um, which is just I don't know how into uh, Gunpla you are, but it's the Verkaw version, right? But they recolored it in the narrative. Um, so I did that. That's taken a ton of time because I, I go really in depth with my Gundam kits. I just I'm waiting for a sunny day so I can paint them. Mm-hmm. And then I started a second one, and I watched. This is this is the thing I've been dying to talk about this week. Is the, I finished Digimon Try and I watched the last movie. Uh, Elijah, ready. I know you're a Digimon fan. I'm not ready you? for it. Uh, I think the first season is one of the lamest, coolest things I've ever seen in my entire oh, okay. life. Like I'm, I'm absolutely, I, I think it's garbage, but like I can't explain it. Like I am so in love with it just because I'm obsessed with like Y2K era stuff. So the fact that like they thought the internet okay. was a place you could go, I think is so cool. I it's just fascinating, think, right? I just, that's great. I just, I hate the voice acting in that. Like I, that's the only time where I'm like, maybe I will watch the sub because I can't mm. handle TK or Ty or Matt or Sora, really anyone in that entire show did you I, watch them as a kid yeah wow and even then I, I i'm sorry like i love that show so much but man the voice acting just grinds my gears so did you did you watch try no i never understood what those were i think i bought the first one on dvd and okay, then I forgot so, that i bought it and then i had no idea like if, i didn't know if it was like a remake or a sequel huh. it's a sequel it takes place uh years later so the, the story progression goes like, did you want season one, season two, try, and then the last movie that I just watched. But like, I've cried a lot of man tears this past week watching Digimon. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's rough. So what people don't realize, I think people dipped out from Digimon when they grew up 
is that like the Digimon characters grew up with with you. Mm-hmm. So in Try, they're in like high school. And in the last movie, they are um, at the precipice of like adulthood, like leaving your childhood behind. And that's what that whole movie's about. And like they have like completely different themes in Try. So like I watched the last movie of Try, and it's like, you know, sacrifice and you know, like like the one girl's Digimon turns evil and they have to like kill it and it's like a slow death. Omnimon's like chopping pieces off of it and she's like crying. It's like horrifying. Uh. It's 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 a, it's a <laughs> terribly sad moment. And then at the end, it was like a happy ending. Like, oh, we're always going to be friends and we're going to be together forever. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, like there was a happy ending to try. And then I watched the last movie, dude. And it had a completely opposite theme. This is the last, This is the end of their story. And it's like after they get in a big fight, uh, the clock appears on their Digivice, right? And that clock is essentially the, the amount of time they have left with their Digimon. And it's not like, oh, we're going to lose our memories. No, the Digimon die when the clock runs out, man. Like, like Agumon and Gabumon die. When the clock runs out, they just they cease to exist, and the whole movie is like, oh well, we can't fight because you know, if we fight, it uses more power, and then our our like our time is going to be shorter. And at the end, of course, they have to, and they use like the last time they have to save their friends, and they're like, and they're like, oh, we have to grow up, we have to get old at some point, and oh boy, it's it, it is. It is a rough, it is a rough experience, man. And yeah, you're getting a little verklempt right here. Yeah, I dude, I like just like, and then when I read about the movie, it made it even worse because the director was like, oh yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, it was meant also like to our viewers as a message to our viewers, like it's time to grow up and leave your childhood behind. And I'm like, yo, that's not going to happen. This is not the year to tell me that actually. Why, (laughs) sir? So yeah, it's a very like, bad time for that. It's it's rough, man. It like that that last movie. I wish I never watched it because then, then I would have been like, oh, they're gonna be friends forever, and like the Digimon and and the Digidestin, they're always gonna be together. Oh, and now like, I'm like, that sucks. I hate this. Uh, Assassination Classroom. I refuse to watch the final episode. I refuse to because I know it's gonna happen. I'm like, nope, nope. If there's I never just, if I never watch it, he's staying alive. There's a season two. Yeah. Oh, so you're the last episode of season two. Yeah, the, fi- I, I the watched, final episode. I watched like half of the first season. It's a good anime. I know it's going to happen, and I wasn't ready for it. I'm like, nope, nope. I still have yet to watch it. And the last time I watched it was back in 2016. <laughs> still haven't watched the final episode. Uh, the first Digimon movie, that made its way into my like pandemic rotation for, oh. for movie viewing. Like, I do That's genuinely great. love Digimon. I just don't like the voice acting. Do you know the story of that movie? It's four movies. It's Three. four different movies. And like one of them Three. came out okay. like 10 years before the other ones. Right. And then like okay. the, the second half of that movie or like the fourth movie, I guess, like with the, with the tamers, right. From season two, is that what they're called? Yeah. Or that, yeah. And then like that one was just spliced in. It's like weird how much that made sense to me as a kid. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm like, like I'm more confused of reading about it on Wikipedia with like infinite internet resources than but you I watch as an adult. VHS. Yeah. Yeah. You watch adult, you're like, what? Why did they do that? Cause what, like, what a choice made. Japan just loves like their short movies is the yeah. thing. They, they love releasing those 45 minute, 30 minute movies for anime fans. And it's like, they came to America and America's like, Oh, that doesn't fit our, that does not fit our structure at all. Mash these three movies together and make a Frankenstein. Did you? That's movie. not how we like to tell our stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some um, reason, anytime somebody mentions an egg, all I get stuck in my head from that movie is when Izzy comes over. 
the egg, the egg is about to hatch. And Ty has an egg in his hand when he's helping his mom cook. And Ty's like, what? Oh, yeah. There's like some legitimately funny scenes in that movie. Like, I think the beginning of the movie is like, like Ty getting like blocked by Sora because he threw up in her hat or something like that. Mm -hmm. But see, like, that's the thing about Digimon, dude, is like, I I truly do believe Digimon is a better franchise in pokemon because digimon oh, I, that was, was, I was gonna ask i think it's infinitely better yeah, yeah. oh dude because Pokemon's just about like pokemon battles and it's like about collecting pokemon digimon has always had like these underlying themes of like growing up and friendship and maturity like people forget dude that in the first few episodes of season one like right after you start getting attached to these characters andromon just gets iced and TK has to get a new Digimon. Also, it was genius because it was just like, oh, yeah, like, don't you want your Charmander to turn into Charizard? Because if you don't, you're a bad trainer. It's like, yeah, but also, yeah. like, it'd be really cool to, like, I don't know, sit on the couch with my Charmander. And the fact <laughs> yeah. that, like, they could Digivolve and then, like, come back. I'm like, oh, it's, they, they fixed it. They solved it. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, genius. Dude. Yeah, it was just Digimon has always had these, like, super dark themes and death and, and re- re- rebirth and friendship, dude. And. Also, the when art direction is better. The, the way they drew backgrounds, absolutely gorgeous in that cartoon yeah, compared to Pokemon. God. And, it is. And, like, near the end of season two, when they all, like, got back home for the quote-unquote final time, they all were like, this This is different. Everything's different now. Like, mm-hmm. they, they can't, we can't just act like nothing, nothing ever happened. We can't just go back to yeah. normal life and like that character arc for like what the emperor or whatever in season two like yeah. slowly becoming like just a better person i'm just like oh, oh yeah that's like really good <laughs> like, yeah dude that's like what every 15 14 year old kid watching that show 10 year old kid wants that's like wait you're telling me i can be i can make a mistake and like earn forgiveness like that's a that's a great lesson like yeah yeah because you mess up doesn't mean you just commit to that for the rest of your life yeah you try to like earn it back man also, the soundtrack for the movie is very adult. Oh, it slaps! Yeah, <laughs> they, they got that adult. amazing cover of Kids in America. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, uh, they, I remember that now. Uh, I gotta watch that. The right the now. one song in it is the Rockefeller Skank, which is mm-hmm. all about a woman. Um, then also, uh, the impression that I get. Yeah. Which, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that about a pregnancy scare? I never had to knock on I'm like okay these are just songs they're chucking in the Digimon movie also yeah that song when they're fighting all like what are the the Diablo Mon or whatever like that song's uh, a yeah. banger too when he's just like and it's just Omnimon just nuking everyone's like, <laughs> in that giant arena of the internet god yeah it's the first the first appearance of Omnimon dude like dude like Digimon just it hits the emotional moments man it just hits them and that movie is super, super good. It's a huge part of my childhood. But I, I do want to say this straight up, and I'm declaring it as a fact. I wish I had a gavel. <laughs> if Digimon had a better video game studio behind them, they would have been infinitely bigger than Pokemon. There, they would be the most. There's a video on um, on Polygon, I think, where they talk about like what would have had to happen for Digimon to have the success of Pokemon, where they do like um. They're like Polygon is co-owned by like Vox Entertainment, right? And so like they also have a sports channel called SB Nation. And SB Nation just does a whole bunch of really amazing in-depth sports documentaries. And like one of the series they do is If Then. And so they talk about like if a trade went through that didn't go through in real life, what would have happened then? Like if Chris Paul was actually allowed to get traded from the Charlotte Hornets or New Orleans Hornets because they were there then to the LA Lakers all those years ago, like with Kobe. 
would the LA Lakers have had like a, like an extended second dynasty, third dynasty, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they basically did an if then video for Digimon because it was like, um, if Pokemon got canceled after that Porygon episode where all those kids were hospitalized for like epileptic seizures, like if that had actually stopped Pokemon, then Digimon would have just like assumed the trajectory and they just like go super in depth and it's really, really good. And I will find the link and send it to you. No, that's what I was going to ask. I think I found it. Is it what if Digimon had beaten Pokemon on Polygon? Yeah. From Polygon, I believe so. Yeah. It's like a 10 to 20 minute video. It's 1834. Yeah. I'm going to add it to my queue. I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, dude, I, I really think that had they had a better studio behind them, that Digimon would have taken over. Cause like, dude, everything in Digimon is better except yep. for the video games. Yeah, and well, Digimon the, World 2, though. Yeah, what was the PS1 game? Was it Digimon it, World? It was Digimon World. Where it was just yeah. like a dungeon crawler and you had like X amount of steps in the dungeon then you had to go that back to the That was Digimon game. World 2. Oh my god, that sucked. That Digimon, so- Digimon World was very not good. It was hit or miss because Digimon World 3 is like a classic turn-based RPG. Yeah, 3 is really good. good. And then Cy- um, Cyber Sleuth, was that the one that came to the Cyber Sleuth is also super yeah. good, but the story's trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's not it's not hard to make a Digimon story. It doesn't have to be super deep. But the problem with Cyber Sleuth, I love the Cyber Sleuth games. I just, that's what I was leading to is that I played Cyber Sleuth this week as well. The, the problem with Cyber Sleuth is that the gameplay is incredible. Everything's great in that game, yep. except the story. And they could have they could have made the, like a lot of Japanese anime type games have like really bad stories, but they're simple. So you can kind of just get through them. The Cyber Sleuth story is like super deep and in depth and you have to pay attention to it. And it's terrible. It's awful. It's like it's like I, I can't. Even, it's like watching the terrible season of a show and you know you have to get through it. No, um, no you don't it. understand. Season four is so good. Yeah, just watch exactly. season four. Just watch till season four. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And you have to just slog through the story. Oh, so I have to watch 36 episodes of mediocrity to, to terror. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, no, I've got time for that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of how it's like you're just c- c- going through these cutscenes. You're like, man, I just want to get back to like digivolving and battling. That's all I want. That's the, that is what makes this game good. So let's stop talking about like hacking and, and whatnot. But yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That, that's all I've been doing this week. I'm Side having note, a blast with Digimon right now. I am super excited for the new Digimon game coming out. Digimon Survive. Survive. It's, it's not coming out. <laughs> it, it is coming out. It's not. Gosh, that it, game's never coming it out. It is coming out. <laughs> it's, I, look, trust me. It, 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 I, I've kept tabs on it. It was announced it's, like last year. It was announced like three years ago, bud. Oh, well, it's still, still coming out. It was originally going to be this year, but they <laughs> just so- postponed it. As of late, Cyberpunk was announced like eight years ago. Yeah, see, and that's coming out. Hey, uh, how do you feel about Cyberpunk, George? Are you in or are you out? Uh, I pre-ordered it because a friend pre-ordered it. And I was like, I want to talk about this game with him. And then he uh, canceled his pre-order because he didn't like the way uh, the the workers were being treated. Okay, And so I respect that. Um, I haven't canceled my pre-order yet. I'm probably going to play it. I'm like vaguely excited. I got really into The Witcher 3 for... Probably like until I got to Skellige or whatever that that island. Oh, okay. And then That's I just I did everything really on that, and I was like, I feel like I've seen everything I want in this game. You you pretty much beat eighty percent of the game, and then just refused to finish the story. Oh, God, is, is that, that, is that, how, is that how close I was? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I just thought it was like a hundred more hours of that. No, yeah. you're like at the very end of the and, base game. And oh. if you were to play the expansions, I think each expansion has a story as good as the base game. Yeah, it does. But, it, but they're like shorter lengths. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know and, that. I just assumed. But anyway, I'm having this weird conundrum with Cyberpunk where I'm extremely impressed by the game. 
I'm extremely impressed by all the gameplay. I know I want to play it, but there is zero excitement in my body. And I think it's because they showed off that gameplay like two years ago. I still haven't, I, was, I haven't watched a single second of gameplay. I've listened to people describe yeah. what they do, but I'm, I'm like at the point where I don't really listen to a lot of gaming podcasts anymore. Mm-hmm. Where like, I'm just kind of like, I want to know when stuff is coming out. And then I'm like, okay, I can risk $60 on this being a bust. Like Blissful I'm, ignorance yeah. is, is where you're at. Yeah. And so I'm cool doing that. Um, I haven't seen any gameplay until today where a friend, the friend who canceled his pre-order and he like took that week off of work and he like was able to pre-order it for $40. And like, I think he really regrets canceling his pre-order right now. Um, oh. But he sent me a gif of like a one second clip of like someone just on a motorcycle darting through traffic. Oh yeah. yeah. And like he had a motorcycle and that's why like he loved Days Gone. Cause he's just like, it was just so cool being on a motorcycle again. Uh, but but he sent me that clip and he's just like that is the most realistic looking bike physics I've seen in a game, and so I was just like oh, that looks like him on like Kanata's bike in a in Akira like yeah yeah I could get behind that. It's definitely like I think I I really think it's suffering from the same situation that a lot of games have suffered from in my opinion for me, which is they showed off way too much too soon. And they never shut up about it. And I think that that's my biggest problem is that I, I'm burnt out on the game before it even come, came out. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll see when it comes out. I'll play it. Well, they, like I said, like they announced that when I was in college, man. Like that was 2012. Yeah. Like I don't even think they started on The Witcher 3 yet. I think The Witcher 2 might have either just come out or was just about to come out on 360. Yeah, it's weird. And you got to imagine they, they put The Witcher out to make money so they could finish Cyberpunk. Sure. And that's why they switched that order around, which is what I think is going to happen when 100% with Starfield and the Elder Scrolls Six, I, I dude, I, I swear to God, I'm gonna be so surprised if Starfield actually comes out before the Elder Scrolls Six. I'm gonna be so surprised if Elder Scrolls Six ever comes out. I mean, I think it, I think you're gonna see it. I think it will now because Microsoft bought them. They're like, mm-hmm. no, you guys don't understand. You are putting this game out. Um, yeah, but, and, but at the same the, time, it's like, all right, but like in ten years, Skyrim came out nine years ago. Like, what what could you possibly have been doing? Well, don't so say, don't say Fallout Four because that was I was going to say Fallout, Fallout Seventy Six. Okay. I was going to say Fallout Four, okay. uh, but um, Four was fine. Yeah, I agree. Four is fine, but the thing is that Microsoft just bought them for what was like what four point seven billion dollars, uh, seven point five, yeah, seven seven point five. That was it. They need to make that money back in like a realistic time frame, and it's much like The Elder Scrolls is so much less of a gamble than Starfield mm-hmm. that it would make way more financial sense for them to just switch the schedule, start focusing on Elder Scrolls, delay Starfield, release Elder Scrolls, because you know that game's going to generate just an unlimited amount of cash for the entire development of Starfield, and then you can put Starfield out with a less risk. Sure, but that's, they also, they also just bought Avowed from Obsidian, too. And, like, obviously it's not... Avowed has nowhere near the same cachet as right. Elder Scrolls. I'm not saying it does, but, like, it checks a really important box on Game Pass. Like, oh, fantasy yeah, role-playing game. And so, like, I'm not saying it's the same because it's obviously not, but it's, like, similar enough where it's, like, if you just bought Game Pass and, like, the all-digital Series S or whatever, mm-hmm. do you care? You know, like, if Skyrim's available already. Honestly, I wish they remastered Oblivion in the meantime. Like, come on. Oh, I'd love to see that. Oblivion has, is such a better game than Skyrim. Or like Morrowind. I agree. I actually think the reason they haven't done anything with Morrowind, because everyone loves Morrowind, is because it has not aged well mechanically. I disagree, because I like to get very drunk and play that game on my Xbox One. Um, but when's the last time you started over on Morrowind, is the question. Because it gets way better when your character developments, but but if, 
you remember yeah just running through paths that you could barely see ahead of you and then like a spider comes out of nowhere and you're just randomly jabbing yeah that's that's not and the, but, most, but, not the most but <laughs> i'm talking about like your character misses 90 percent of his shots in the beginning of the game because your accuracy is so low and it works yeah it works like like it should but there's no um like fluff mechanics there's nothing to, to sure. soften that so you have to like force yourself to improve your accuracy so you're hitting everything right, and fine whatnot. i guess i'll play more when sober just to see what you're talking about I, I am going to be completely honest with you guys through this entire conversation i have learned one thing mm. i just want gilbert Gottfried to watch a trailer for cyberpunk and then in his words describe to me what he just saw it's such a random thought that just spewed out from your brain to your mouth, dude. That was just that was so random. Yep. All right. I'm with Seth, Let's... but also I'm with you. Like I'd like, yeah, I'd listen to that ad. I would too, but that was just such a the most strange thing. That sounds like All a right. podcast ad, yeah. I suppose we should jump on from our weekly games before Austin crucifies us. Uh Elijah, tell me about Final Fantasy 16. So the game the, I said was never going to come out a month ago. From Joe Scrabble's at IGN, Final Fantasy 16 has already completed basic development. Square Enix says Final Fantasy 16 has completed basic development and scenario production. As spotted by Games Talk and translated by Gamatsu, a Square Enix recruitment page reports that the company is seeking the final staff to join the FF16 team. The page reports that we have already completed basic development scenario production and are continuing to create large-scale resources and build boss battles while expanding our various development tools. Basic development isn't a hugely specific term, and the recruitment page also asks for those who can work on level design, large-scale cutscenes, and character actions, so don't assume the game is coming anytime soon. The careers page also makes clear that most staff are currently working remotely. What is basic development? Like, I'm that's, guessing it's I, going to be storyline. That's what I'm trying to figure out, like, what they, what they mean. Because when I was, like, on board, I was like, oh, they have, like, all the, the, the basic mechanics done. And then you went with that, sec- that, that last sentence, which was, like, everything else besides boss battles and environments. Yeah. I'm like... Is, are they considering basic development, like, the storyboard stuff? Where they have... That's what I'm wondering. Like, that... that Because that, that is... The first step in game development, like yep. you, you make your storyboards and you label everything that you want and link it to the game and everything that you can feasibly make. Now, see, the <laughs> way they're talking about it, it sounds more like a Zelda game, you know, where like the producers are like, what if we had a boss battle that had this mechanic where you just hang from a ceiling upside down and do this <laughs> and the controls are reversed? And they're like, yes, that's a great idea. And then they just like, they come up with like 10 bosses like that. And then they're like, okay, now how do we tie this together? It almost sounds like that. Cause like Final Fantasy 15 was 2016, right? Four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. For Xbox 100%. One and PS4. Um, yep. And like that game was like a wild departure, but also like, I don't know, like, I thought that game ruled. Like I thought that game was a lot of fun. Granted, oh, the first half I, of it ruled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love Final Fantasy. So I'm probably like the worst person to hear mm-hmm. say, like, that game's fantastic. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like if that was how they if, if they build it uh, to quote Silicon Valley from the middle out, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like that sounds interesting. But also, like I'm willing to cut everyone a pass this year just because it's been such a yeah. weird bonkers yeah. year, you know. See, um, I, I I just think that like I can't cut Final Fantasy a pass anymore, you know, because they've released so much bad content in the last decade, and Final Fantasy fourteen is like the one thing that. I, I love from Final Fantasy in the last decade. And like remake is, is also good. 
But before that, it's been it's been <laughs> it's been a struggle. Sure. Middle struggle city with Final Fantasy. I'm just I'm very confused what they mean because if I know like like that developer Yoshi P is the one that saved Final Fantasy 14. He's the one that micromanaged them and like figured out how to save that game while simultaneously updating the old game so that like he he did the best possible job you could do like a ten, straight 10 out of 10. I have a lot of faith in that guy and I think this game's going to turn out well. I'm just trying to figure out how far along they actually are because it's so confusing when they say it's basic development which I would consider what you guys would probably imagine as like the game working, you can run the game, but the art assets aren't in the game and there's yeah. like the boss battles aren't in the game. You have like your your basic combat and animations done, but it does not sound like that's what they're considering basic development. So I don't know. We're going to see. I feel like we're going to get a release date or at least release window for this game sometime. I don't, I don't know if E3 is going to come back. I mean, this is coming out before seven part two right no we don't know we no don't no know. but i'm saying like what do you guys think i think yeah i think so i think so too which is weird because you would imagine it'd be the other way around but seven remake i think is in a lot of trouble but uh 16 has like a very solid team behind them and i would trust yoshi p to hold a gun to my head while being awake for 86 hours <laughs> That's I'm just true. like, no, don't, don't drop the gun, don't pull the trigger, Yoshi. Oh, but <laughs> like, that, I, I just have so much faith in that guy. You know, he's he's a really, really good uh, director. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're gonna see is him take over um, where Tetsuya Nomura was failing. Tetsuya Nomura is the guy that did Seven, right? Yes. And and uh, and Kingdom Hearts, who who yes. ruined Kingdom Hearts for me? Yeah, I. Listen, there's not a lot of people I have bad blood for in this world. <laughs> but Tetsuya Nomura ruined one of my favorite series and left me on a cliffhanger for 10 years. Sounds like I, sounds like you ruined Final or Kingdom Hearts for you. What were you doing getting older than 12 years old? Like, I don't yeah, know. no. <laughs> What's well, your problem, man? I just want to know why he, he, he refuses to give me any answers in that series. Um, but, this game will have all the answers. You leave with more questions. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I'm really excited for Final Fantasy 16 now. I want to see where the series goes under Yoshi P and I want to see if they can pull off like a legitimate high definition Final Fantasy game because they have yet to do so. Because Final Fantasy, like like you said, George, Final Fantasy 15 is great until that second half of the game where almost the entire content of the second half of the game was cut out. Sure. And like people have hacked Final Fantasy 15 and broken, you know, through the, the walls and whatnot, the invisible walls that they have. That whole second content continent that you take the train through, and they're like, oh, there's the biggest city in this world or whatever, um, Tenebrae. That's all explorable. Like, like they made that entire continent, but you can't actually explore it because there's not, there's no, con- there's. Because that's where we're probably going to go in Final Fantasy 16. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like they're probably going to use a lot of assets from from Final Fantasy 15. But that whole that whole continent is just barren, and like they have the terrain built, but there's no like trees or bushes or anything. So they were they were they were pretty far in development. I wish that game would have gotten another year. I've been I've been working at a restaurant lately, and like uh, it's just one of those things where like the head chef is from Georgia, so everyone gets really excited about the fried chicken here. And then everyone gets really upset that when they order like a whole fried chicken, you know, like two thighs, two breasts, two wings, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. They're like, 
it can't be done faster than 45 minutes. I'm like, no, man, that's like how long it takes to make. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, do you want like an extremely huge, infinitely explorable Final Fantasy game? Or do you want to play it in your lifetime? You know, and so it's yeah. like, that's like the balancing act that like devs do. And so like, I always feel like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say it. I know this is not the most popular of opinions. I enjoyed the second half of 15 more than the first half because I felt like the story was much more streamlined. I thought it wasn't, it didn't go together as well in the first half of the game. felt like it was way too spread out. They had you doing way too, too much stuff in between. Is this it? Is this where you fight in the, in in the episode? Elijah chapter 13 was so notoriously panned that square Enix went back and fixed it. I didn't, I didn't mind chapter 13. I haven't played it since they fixed it. That's that's I, rough, man. I also that, think Mass Effect Three is the best of the Mass Effect. So, like, I, I'm I don't care. About, I do too. So, like, when devs go back to fix the mistakes according to fans, I'm like, well, I mean, fans are idiots. Like, they don't know what they want. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best part of Final Fantasy Thirteen is up until it gets open world. Before that, I thought the game was fantastic. It got open world, and I'm like, well, this isn't as good. So, I mean, you you just you, dis- you dislike open world games is the problem, though. I don't dislike them. I just don't like them very much. He right. hates the bad ones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll, moving on. Let's talk about uh, Avengers on PC because I think, as I, as I as I predicted, Avengers didn't do well, but it's 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 doing really bad apparently. Um, Forbes wrote this article from Paul Tassi, or I guess Paul Tassi wrote this article for Forbes um, about how it dipped below a thousand players on PC, and people were having trouble finding matches. So that alone is bad. But then he went and tested it on PS4, which has the biggest community so far, and still people were waiting for forty-five minutes or so to do a single mission. And he said it was very noticeable that almost nobody had full parties of four people in, in the game and for a game and this is still his words for for a game that is almost 100 percent um multiplayer and, and party match matchmaking that it, it's not doing well at all he said it, it, he compared it very strongly to anthem um and said that one of the biggest problems is that you can't play as the same heroes in the two people can't play as the same the same hero so it creates a lot of matchmaking problems and the low population is, is not, I don't know. I can't talk. It, it's not looking good for it. Um, yeah. Avengers. I'll just stop talking. Now. Did you guys play it? No, I haven't. I, I actually, I want to play it once PS five and such is out. I did probably like six hours of it. Like I got to um, like the second base you can go to basically like you have like the first base, like your first headquarters and then like you unlock a second one in like the in the southwest u.s i think and um i got that far and then i had to move so i had to pack it up i don't have internet currently like uh my dad's house so i've not been able to play it since but yeah for like six hours i think that game is awesome but also i I don't need the multiplayer stuff like it's just they had a chance to like really simplify everything I hear but the single the, player it's the is same, good. It's the same BS of, of like every other semi MMO where it's just like, did you have to have 10 different currencies? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you do that? Like, 
You yeah. had like the biggest audience possible. Why did you have to make the nerdiest product possible? Like, I'm not saying nerdy in terms of content because like superheroes are cool. Like I have right. tens, probably 10,000 comic books at the very least. Like I'm not knocking that, but it's like, why did you have to make this the worst, like the least intuitive game basically? And like multiplayer wouldn't work because everyone wants to play as the Hulk, man. The Hulk is so cool. Or everyone <laughs> wants to play as Iron Man because Iron Man is so cool. And right. it's like trying to coordinate, like, I understand it's not that different than like, oh, you're tank, you're DPS, you're the mage, like you're the healer, all that. Like, I understand it's fundamentally not that different. But at the same time, these aren't classes that you're playing as. These are characters you're playing as. So it's pretty different, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you want to play as your favorite character. Exactly. Sure. And so like, there's just not a lot of, there's not enough customization to make it be like, oh, well, I guess I could play as Miss Marvel and do this role. It's like, no, man, yeah. I really just want to break as the Hulk. Um, yeah. I just can't wait till Hawkeye. And like Miss Marvel, I thought was like the coolest part of that game so far. Like she actually kind of like moves like Spider-Man. Like everyone has like a, like a move fast mechanic. And so like the Hulk can like super jump. Uh, Iron Man can fly and like Miss Marvel can just basically like stretch her arms up and it's like no different than Spider-Man swinging through and I guarantee you when Spider-Man comes at he's going to move very similar to the way Miss Marvel moves like through the world so Elijah you said um, you were excited for um, Hawkeye right yeah. this this is also in the article because mm-hmm. they gave a statement to Kotaku about the state of Avengers and the, the dude said, it's notable to me that they say in the coming weeks when Atakian missions and Hawkeye plot lines were supposed to arrive in weeks after launch over a month ago. Yep. So they're having trouble. Um, but they, they, they did put out a statement. said, to our players, every day we fight to make the best game possible for our community. We have a great community management team as Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix who funnel all of your concerns, suggestions, and feedbacks to the development team daily. We are listening. We are making fixes, improvements, and additions as fast as we safely can to make Marvel's Avengers the game we all aspire to be. As such, we have a number of new content pieces coming the weeks ahead, including a totally new Warzone mission type called Tacky and Refs, a new outpost to jumping off for, a point for new story missions in the future, and Ames Cloning Lab, which requires a coordinated high-level group of four players to be with new top-end loot rewards for finishing it. In each of these updates, we do tuning and bug fixes to enhance the overall experience. In addition, we've announced two new heroes coming in the near future, Kate Bishop, and after that double feature operation starting Clinton Barton, this is the two Hawkeyes we mentioned, the last war table. These new operations pick up right where the main reassemble campaign ended. And the new core game, we propel the overall world and story forward with new mysteries and villains as well as new multiplayer content. Um, and they went on to just thank everybody af- afterwards. Like, that's what they need to do, basically. Uh, like, if everyone wants to play as Hawkeye, it's like, all right, we got Clint Barton, we got Kate Bishop. Um, I guess uh, whoever played, like, Bullseye, like, you know, he can use an error or like Taskmaster or something. It's like, yeah. that's how you have to solve it. And it's like, well, that's not the not the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, as a and comic book nerd. The but biggest it's also problem like, before this was they weren't communicating. Like, that was like the first thing they've said since the game launched. And that's the problem. This stuff was supposed to come out in the week following. The game's been out for over a month and they've just said nothing. So I think... The game just needs complete redesign, honestly. And I forget what game did this, but it was a multiplayer-focused game, and then they went back, and you can pretty much play it all by yourself. I forget. There was like a, like a really famous game that did that. Um, but that's what needs to happen Anthem's with this game. Anthem's doing it. Yeah, Anthem's doing it. Um, but they need to go back and just make the missions playable by yourself because that's what people want to do or give you AI companions. Yeah. And I think the game will do a lot better. We don't... 
man, I, I, I just don't think anybody asked for a multiplayer. Marvel you can have Avengers AI companions. Every, every game should have AI companions, first of all. Yeah. Second of I all, agree. every game with multiplayer should come with a flipping bot mode. Like, like oh, I agree. Stop, stop killing all my trophies with multiplayer. Like, when the multiplayer servers go down, there has to be a bot mode included in every yep, multiplayer game. And like a lot of games, even when they when they add bot modes, they nerf the rewards for playing with bots. Yep. It's like, dude, cause we, we don't they use exploitation as like a, a reason, but it's also it's like, man, guys, come on, like we just we don't want to play with, with other people, and your community is not big enough to play with other people. So yeah, I mean, Killzone Mercenary on Vita ha- added a bot mode for I think like a dollar ninety nine or like a yep. dollar or something, and like that's awesome. That's all I want to do is just like, yeah. okay, this is gonna be different every time I play. Like that's yep, fine. Yeah. Like I, that's all I need. And, and I, I really, I really think I, that like that is if you could just do that with like mm-hmm. your Warzone stuff, man, that's that fixes eighty percent of the problem on on Avengers. Um, yeah, it really does. The other twenty percent is I think that game's kind of boring. <laughs> to to oh, be completely well, honest, there it is. <laughs> and like, well, like I like boring games. Like I don't, I don't mind them. Um, but it's like, man, when it couples with boring and not working, like that's that's the issue yeah i i'm i want to play this game i'm curious about it but there's no way i'm paying full price for it all right well george wrap us in this week and tell us about this magic controversy you're you're trying to explain to us in the beginning of the of the show all right so i i follow magic i don't play as much as i'd like to just because i don't really understand the economy in magic the gathering arena uh, it's like a free-to-play game where like they basically just like highly incentivize you to just like buy a lot of packs. And I'm like, well, in real world magic, you don't buy a lot of packs. You go to certain events and you pick the cards you want and then you spend money on singles. And then like that's like the best way to do it. I haven't figured out how to do that in Magic the Gathering Arena, which is like their new digital client that's very pretty. Like that one is like their direct competitor with Hearthstone. Uh, but they just had a new set release and it's uh, Battle for Zendikar. Or not Battle for Zendikar, Return to Zendikar. Something Zendikar. It's a new one. Sorry, there's been like a lot. There's been a lot of Zendikar sets. <laughs> yes, there have. I think it's Rise of Zendikar. Whatever. Uh, but they had like this new creature card that is incredibly powerful. And he's been out for basically like a week and a half, two weeks. And I believe he made up like 70% of the meta of um, like a recent like online tournament they had. And his name is Omnath Locus of Creation. And he is a like, four color Omnath. I believe this is the third omnath because the first one was green second one was green red he is now green red blue and white and he was just so busted that they had to ban him in every format on magic the gathering arena within two weeks of him coming out and he's like a face card of the set that's amazing um and so he's banned in standard which is like you know the past i think like year and a half two years worth of sets he's banned in historic which is every set that has ever come to match the gathering arena and he's banned in brawl which is like a a light commander variant for standard cards if you're familiar with that where it's like one copy of each card and you can only use cards within the same color of like a creature a very specific creature you picked i don't want to get too far into that but I just think this is nuts that they like base their entire set around this one character and he was too powerful. And the reason he's too powerful is from the last card that they released that broke standard. And so this right. has just been like a pattern of wizards for the past year. And so they switched the way they release sets. And now it seems like every time a new set or like they go to a new plane, it's just the entire house is on fire. Um, 
And so Omnath is powerful because he has this thing called landfall, which is like super cool magic. So you play this creature and then every time like a new uh, land comes into play, which is like where you get your mana to cast spells, mm -hmm. uh, something happens. So the first time uh, a land enters, you get four life, which is great against aggressive decks because they'll swing at you with cheap little creatures really quickly, like a Zerg rush, basically. And then you gain four life. You basically just wipe out an entire turn's worth of damage from them with just by playing a land, which you want to do anyway. The second time you get four mana, so you can just like cast other things. And then the third time you cast land in a single turn, you deal four damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Mm. So that's like a mini board wipe. So if, as long as they have four toughness, they're killed. Um, so this coupled with the last card that came out that broke standard called Uro, where you play him for super cheap. And every time he enters the battlefield, you get to put a land into play. So if you like play your cards right, <laughs> you can do wow. like all these triggers to like get three lands to enter. Even though like there's no way to manipulate lands like in other magic sets, uh -huh. where like you play this land, you sacrifice this land, you get a new land. So that's like two triggers. There's mm -hmm. no way to do that in standard, really. But because of all these other cards that just like emphasize ramp, like getting cards out or getting lands out ahead of uh, your one per turn schedule a card was just so broken like right off the bat and like i just wow. i feel so bad because it's like you want the cards to feel powerful but like they've mm -hmm. just been too powerful for like the last year and a half like there was this card named um uro that broke standard not that long ago uh there was this other card um i forget what his name was because i wasn't even playing i was just like watching from the outside oh his name's oko he completely broke standard because he was able to basically just gain you three life each turn and cool. he would be able to like turn any creature or anything really into like a very weak creature. And so he just like extended games and it's just like, man, they just can't get it right. Like they've been trying so hard and like the sets are so cool and the creature design is so cool, but everything is just so broken every time they try to do it. <laughs> It, it, yeah, I feel like every time I talk to somebody about magic, they're telling me about like a new card that's getting banned and whatnot. Yep. And it's like, wow, they've been doing this for a really long time. I'm surprised that this kind of thing still happens. Well, with I guess those guys. like more games of magic are being played per second now, just because of like the new client, like because of Magic: mm -hmm. The Gathering Arena. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they can play as many games as they can, but they're still like you know, twelve people, fifteen people. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. just how many games can they play? Like with this combination of cards, with this combination of cards, is this break? Is this a broken combo? Like, is this fair? Is this fun? Is this all that? Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, multiply that times 30,000 every hour, you know, for like yeah. <laughs> that. It's just like, oh, this is play testing just on a scale that they can't do themselves. And That's it's just fair. from the outside, mm -hmm. just like watching it. Like it really is just like that dog. Like this is fine. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> this is That's like a, a couple months ago, I did a God, I can't remember the name of it, but where you go and you just get a couple packs, open them up, whatever. Oh, unboxing, um, like yeah, yeah, it's unboxing. No, it it's where like everybody gets like three packs and then uh, at, a, at a tournament, kind of. But we did it at a house. <laughs> um, oh, like a draft. Yeah, draft. That's it. Um, and I got the card was it Zenith Flare, mm -hmm. and. Me having not played Magic in forever, kind of made a deck based around this, and I won the first two rounds of the tournament by pretty much getting to one health each time, and then playing Zenith Flare and wiping out all of their HP. Hmm. Because, like, it, it's one of those cards that I feel like somebody mentioned that they thought it was going to get banned, and I guess it didn't yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but every time a creature is, I can't remember what it's called, cycled. Yeah. I want to say each time a creature is cycled, it does like one damage for each time that happens. And I like almost every monster in my deck was cyclable. So I would just take turns where like, I'll cycle this, I'll cycle this, I'll cycle this, I'll cycle this. Just going through my deck cycling. Yeah, and okay. Yeah, I so you're just getting incredibly like 20... cheap value. Yes, I, I came out doing like 25 damage. Just, oh, I'm down to one. Zenith Flare. And just done. Yeah. Now, Magic, it, it's, I, re, I really like it. I think the free-to-play section of Magic the Gathering Arena is really good. Like, that's really fair and balanced because that's not how you, like, advance your rank or whatever. So everyone's just playing, like, these free cards they got. And, like, you actually do some brewing or you're playing, like, the little pre-constructed decks that you get from Magic. Uh, just from playing and unlocking and all that. And, like, that I think is fun. But then once you get into, like, actual constructed play, like, there's just, like, a lot of drama, which I don't really care for from the outside. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I've heard, too. But, like, I, I like these YouTube channels, and, like, I'll just watch them either do streams or just do, like, deck techs and, like, break stuff down. Because, like, it really is, like, man, I would love to do this, but, like, I don't have the money to c- commit to this. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time, really, to commit to this because this is just, like, another free-to-play game to, to learn, basically. Um, but man, it just seems like so broken from like not the outside, but from mostly like one foot in, one foot out. Um, well, the guy, the guy who um, founded it doesn't do it anymore, right? Uh, Richard Garfield. Yeah, does, didn't he retire? Uh, uh, he he comes ago? back every couple of years. Like okay. I think he designed the uh, the Ravnica set from like 2010 or t- 2008 around okay. there, and like he'll pop back in every once in a while. He's a mathematician. Did you know that? Uh, I did not know that, but that makes sense based on, especially yeah. like the early game where just like if X and Y, like, it's just like, oh, dude, you got to calm down. <laughs> like, and he went to, or he was born in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he actually did a lot of work on whatever um, Valve's game was, um, their card game. Artifact. Artifact. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I thought he retired. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he jumped in, developed the game and then dipped out and they're, the rest of the guys are like ah all right we'll figure it out i guess I don't know. but it really it feels like the problem is it's it's like nfl where like it is almost like a sport where it's just mm-hmm. like okay this one strategy this one play works all the time but then like this one card comes out it's just like well wait a second if every team has pat mahomes um that's not fair yeah <laughs> like it, it's almost not fair that one team has pat mahomes but if everyone has pat mahomes and they're just going to play the exact same way you know yeah Exactly. And so it's like, if there's like an unbeatable roundhouse kick, I don't know fighting, but I know roadhouse. (laughs) (laughs) If there's this unbeatable roundhouse kick where then you rip the person's throat out by the lake, you know, just like in roadhouse, uh, you're just going to do that move every time, aren't you? Like, why would you do any other move? (laughs) So uh, this is what I was going to, this is what I was going to say was that like, um, do you think that they should ban, ban them? Or do you think they should add other cards in? that would counteract these cards and just kind of create more of a, a game out of it. Because that's the thing. Like, like there's always going to be the, the most powerful meta, sure. but as a creator, I would imagine you would want to counter that meta with something else that can counter that thing specifically. So why wouldn't, why would they ban it and not just. That's the thing is like, they they're already like three sets ahead planning wise. And so it's like, is there an answer to this in an upcoming deck? Like probably like, upcoming set? Probably. And, like, if the game's not getting more powerful, then it's getting weaker, technically, right? right? So, like, wouldn't you want to play with, like, powerful cards? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, I feel bad for them. And 
the reason they can't do it is because they're a physical card game too. So like they can't just like redo all these cards the way Hearthstone yeah. can like just nerf a character and just like change the actual text on the character because they only exist right. digitally in Hearthstone. But like I think it depends on how popular Magic the Gathering Arena becomes because like if it becomes the way 80% of all Magic games are played, then like screw the cards, you know, like we'll issue updates to cards. Like if that's like really the case. Remember back in the day when the Blue Eyes White Dragon was like, the ultimate card. Like if you played that card, then like, man, you're probably, you're probably winning. Yeah. Sure. Now, like odds are you won't be there long enough to be able to play blue eyes, white dragon because of how that game has evolved so much. Mm -hmm. Like you you just wouldn't have the time anymore. Like with the way a deck that could have won any tournament back in the day wouldn't last like one or two rounds now. Just because of the way the game has evolved. They they measure certain formats. And so like by format, it's just like the the pool of cards that you're allowed to use by how many turns they want it to last generally. So like I think I think standard, it's like between five and eight turns is like what they want a game to last. Obviously, some matchups are gonna go longer, like depending on how grindy the decks are. But then like modern, which has like a bigger card pool, like everything from now all the way back to i think it's 2003 2004 2005 like somewhere around there like when they change like the border on the cards so it's like they all look the same oh Mm -hmm. yeah i think they want that to be like turn three to turn five turn three turn four and then there's like legacy which is like every card ever basically or vintage which is absolutely every card ever um like those are like yeah whatever we don't care like these are the most powerful broken cards of all time in one deck (laughs) like yeah turn zero like win before you even play a land we don't care um and so like i uh, i don't know like do they need it do they need a new format like they've created i think two new formats in the past like two years with just like different card pools but it's just interesting to see like such like a living thing that like you can't adjust because you've already committed to printers you know right (laughs) right Made it whereas like you know if this happened with League of Legends you know like oh we'll just just debuff this hero like there's no problem there yeah right all right well we're about an hour and a half in so I figure we'll wrap her up here George super excited to have you on the show man yeah it's been awesome all the episodes you've been on as a guest have been awesome this episode's been awesome I uh, appreciate you stepping up and joining the squad yeah I just appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I won't keep you on as like a part-time member like I did for Elijah for like six years. <laughs> that was like a running... Talk. I promise to talk about Magic the Gathering and football less next week. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, there was like there was like a running joke on <laughs> RM when Elijah and Coach joined. Yep. They were like they were like the part-time members and like we never made them full-time for like three years. It was pretty funny. Um, but thank you all for joining us as well. Frame Skip is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere. I'm just going to say that now. Uh, if, wherever you're listening to it, leave a review or share it with your friends. It really helps the show. If you have a question, uh, send that question to uh, bit.ly, which, um, which is bit.ly slash frameskipq. Um, our email is frameskippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at frameskippod. And you can find us all on Twitter individually. I'm at Seth S. Taylor. Elijah is at Local Lizard Man. Austin is at Austin J. Eller. And George is at GB Loftus. And, and this is at Frameskip Pod. Yeah, Coach is, Coach is the one running the Frameskip Pod, <laughs> apparently. Um, we post every Friday. So remember, 
Until next time, guys, keep on gaming.